Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following is a presentation of the SpeedSport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his views in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battle's for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in. Pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance and repair, Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Today's guest co-founded MarketScan. What the is that, right? It's a leading provider of technology and analytic solutions for the automotive industry. Market scan solutions facilitate easier, more complete, competitive, and accurate results, enabling automotive dealers, lenders, and manufacturers to provide better products, experiences, and profitability to serve customers. That was good. That was pretty damn good. Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I- 
Yeah, you're 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 gonna be hired onto our marketing department here. <laughs> Market Scan up, right? sponsored the number zero Chevrolet, driven by none other than Mike Wallace at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway back in 2020. So our guest holds Bachelor of Science degrees in mathematics, computer science, and physics from the University of West Georgia, which makes him way too intelligent for this room. Please welcome <laughs> Rusty West. Rusty, say hi to Mike Wallace. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on the show, and uh, thanks for the uh, the kudos. I'm, I'm not as smart as uh, your announcement, but I'll take the credit. No. Yeah, I, I I was reading or well, listening to that, and I'm thinking this ain't the same guy I know. So I I read all that and I was putting the intro together, and I'm like, I still don't understand what the hell this guy does. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, let's kind of jump right into the who were you before who you are. At the same time, let me set the stage just a little bit that the uh, first listeners, you know, this show's heard around the world. Absolutely. right. Yeah. So everybody from Bangladesh to China to wherever, you know, is listening. And uh, we Rus may have recently been banned in China. I don't know. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> so Rusty West and I got introduced by a mutual friend by the name of Mark Geron over a phone call. And I was wanting to go racing I uh, wanted to go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because Roger Penske had just bought the racetrack, and it was an inaugural event. And long and short conversation back and forth, Rusty and I get together. We talk. We hit it off on the phone. We agree to terms. We then have uh, every Tuesday meeting, and we have 200 emails traded back and forth between everybody involved. So Rusty sponsored my race car for my return to Xfinity Series racing at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in 2020. So that's how Rusty and I met, and that's how we went racing. But I'm, we have some unique ties to each other. We both had fathers with the name of Russell. His name's Rusty. I have a brother named Rusty. Besides, we're race car drivers. He's a motorhead and love it. Rusty West, tell us who Rusty West is. Start back in the early yeah. days. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give it a shot. So um, I'm a product of the auto industry. Uh, my dad was in the car business long before he ever met my mom. And uh, when I graduated college, I wrote a software package for his uh, you know, leasing, independent leasing company. It's kind of like a dealership. And uh, uh, the software package that we wrote, we realized we had something we could sell. And kind of wash, rinse, repeat, that was in 1988. And, you know, fast forward now, we're... 34 years in, the company's evolved a lot over the years uh, into different segments of the automotive space. But it's the same, kind of the same basic philosophy, which is combining a whole bunch of science, technology, and data to kind of transform this um, automotive industry to where consumers buying journeys and dealerships and lenders and manufacturers have the ability to uh, position themselves properly and, and sell more cars. So that that's what the baseline of what, what you you did, or did, and let's let's kind of give that a year basis. When did you start uh, working for yourself, working for your dad? What year was that? So when I graduated college, my penance for my education was writing the software package for my dad. I started in 1988, and uh, he paid me big big money, like 200 bucks a week. And uh, what'd you do so with all that back then? Yeah. Uh, oh God! You know, I went and bought private jets, boats, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> two hundred. I spent my two hundred on beer. <laughs> uh, top ramen and 
and um, uh, worked hundred hour weeks. Uh, but you know, you pay your dues. And uh, so in 1990, a marketing company ran across our software package um, and um, brought us to California. I had grown up in Atlanta and um, spent my whole life in Atlanta. In 1990, I moved to California, kind of followed my dream. And, uh, you know, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride ever since. You know, we first got on the ground here. Things were great for about a minute. And then uh, the first Gulf War started and the world stopped. And, you know, we had to kind of bootstrap it and start over again. And, and we've had that happen a few times. But, uh, but the journey has been amazing. I've been able to work with brilliant people and solve some big problems and, and make a few bucks and do a little bit of racing along the way. And, and uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. Well, beautiful. So we'll get to the, your racing part because that's kind of one of the common things we had together. You, you're a racer yourself, or a, a, I, don't, I don't want to call you an amateur racer. You're a pro amateur racer, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what the. Yeah. I mean, a club yeah. racer. I mean, you're really fast. You're really good. Uh, I, I was telling Jeff before the show here. I says that you know we were talking about the uh, race, and we'll get to that here in a moment. That you're a hell of a spotter, also. I mean, just, oh, you know, exactly. Yeah. So tell us about your racing. That's what I think, you know, I, w I was telling Jeff that you're the first guest that we've had on and your guest 44, I think, 45, like that. Yeah. that you actually fit the title of our show perfectly. Fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. There you, go. you know, <laughs> so you, you've got a big car collection, I believe, motorcycle collection, and you love driving them. Tell, tell us, tell everybody about some of your racing you've done and types of exotic cars you've raced. Oh, gosh. So I started um, as a little boy, I think maybe five years old, um, uh, racing motorcycles, motocross. And I grew up doing that as a kid. Uh, I thought that's what I was going to do for a living, ran professionally a couple of years, um, and uh, had a couple stints in a wheelchair, and that ended that dream, <laughs> right? And... Uh, um, so, you know, I, you know, went, went to college and, uh, you know, started my career and all that stuff. And I'm always fascinated with motorsports. Um, I, I love the, I love the whole process, right? The, the team part of racing and then the, just, you know, the, the, the mental, physical, the whole aspect of the sport of, of all the different forms of motorsports. I, I just, I think it's, it's fantastic. So, uh, so as I kind of progressed and as our business grew, we were one of those kind of 10 year overnight successes. You know, we were, we struggled forever. Then all of a sudden we really had a tiger by the tail. And I found myself, you know, in my early thirties making a lot more money than I should have in my early thirties. I made a lot of stupid decisions, but, but I got pretty active in racing, um, ran a bunch of Rolex races. I actually, you'll find this maybe funny. Things are a lot more difficult to pull off than they used to be, but my very first organized race, in a car of any description whatsoever was the Rolex series season finale at Daytona in 2003. <laughs> Nothing like I jumping in over your head, right? is it? <laughs> right. Hey, hey um, 27 cars in our class, we came in ninth. And, oh, that's uh, not bad. Race, first and third stint. Uh, had no idea how I was going to do. My goal was to not die. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and you know how it works, right? You, you, you have a finish like that, your very first race, and and the guys who um, were running the car were like, you know, God, we thought this was going to be a joke, and this actually worked out pretty well. And then it's then you're hooked, 
right? You just you can't get enough of it. Fishing so, poles got the hook in the side of that competition <laughs> level right there. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And it just, you know, it, um, there's so many parallels between really high levels of racing and high levels of business. It's, it's almost frightening, you know? So I, I know our team probably gets tired of me, you know, re- referencing racing about everything, but you know, it's all, you know, there's so many things that you have to get right in order to have a successful, uh, successful race weekend or an, you know, obviously a successful race season. Right. I mean, you can go out and you can get in the top step of the podium one time and all excited and popping champagne. If you don't stay focused, that's the only time you're going to be um, on the podium. Right. And uh, businesses like that. And, you know, so, but I, I've always loved racing. Um, I, I got, I got to the point to where uh, the Rolex stuff was fun, but you know, it's stressful. You're out there racing against people and, and they feed their family based on where they finish. And uh, I didn't, you know, I, I fed my family based on how I performed at work. And I went out there and got with all these nutcase guys, um, uh, you know, on different weekends. So I got involved in some club racing, did a lot of that. Uh, that was a whole bunch of fun. Um, mainly Porsches, really enjoyed the Porsches. Uh, ran some uh, Ferraris for a little while. Uh, some of them were great. Some of them, uh, the 430, uh, I pissed some people off when I say this, but the 430 was absolute junk. And, um, so, uh, so that was, uh, that was an interesting one, but, uh, but I still do some stuff. My son, who's now, a, uh, I guess, going into a sophomore year at Auburn, uh, when he was 16, I got him into some club racing, put him in a spec boxster and, uh, he got quick really, really rapidly. And, uh, I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, your lap times are pretty close to mine. You're, you're going to have to start buying your own tires because I don't want you yeah, running me. Man, that's not how it's supposed to work. Dad's supposed to pay for all that stuff. Sponsors pay oh, that. Come on. That's exactly how it worked. Our sponsor was Bank of Daddy. Bank of Daddy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I will tell you, you know, it, it, it brought back it brought back some of the fondest memories of my life. I remember every single weekend when I was a kid, you know, getting everything ready Saturday, um, you know, loaded up, and then you know. Oh, dark 30 Sunday morning or Saturday night late. We'd go off somewhere, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, wherever that South um, East AMA conference took us. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was unbelievable. You know, I got to spend such amazing time with my dad racing and, uh, and I had that opportunity with my son and that was absolute Zen for me. So, um, and he did great. He won, uh, he won the point championship his first season and um and i was like okay you know that was pretty cool and uh i say pretty cool i mean you know you talk about a proud dad moment you know you put your kid in the car and all of a sudden you watch you were like wow you know he got to the point that i was coaching him early and i had a second seat in the car and then when he got really quick i was like all right i'm tired of going backwards at 100 and something miles an hour into walls and stuff so i'm going to be coaching you from a radio because <laughs> there you go we had a couple of uh what do we call it? Sudden deceleration syndrome event uh, when he was learning. So. Yeah, so they say that that the first part, the deceleration, doesn't really hurt too bad until the sudden impact happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, listen, I've uh, you know I I wadded up some too. You know, it's uh, and that's how it works, right? You know, if you're not if you're not um, kind of wrecking right or if you're not really pushing the limits you never really improve and then you ain't going fast enough right you're not you trying you ain't, going fast, you ain't going fast enough right because your buddies will say dude you're driving great man you were flying when i passed you right? and nobody wants to hear that right? so 
Yeah, it's it's unique. You just said that. I was reading an article this past week about some Formula One stuff, and I think it was Max Verstappen made the comment. He says, "You know, he says the problem with racing is you never know where the line is until you go over it." And it <laughs> You know, he says, you know how that story, everybody says you're supposed to get the most out of your car and drive it to, to the edge. But how do you find the edge, he says. And he says, going over the edge doesn't isn't very comfortable. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, yeah. on that note, Jeff, let's take a break for a second. We're going to come back and pick right back we're up. We're talking to the co-founder of MarketScan. So we're talking computers and racing. This is pretty cool. We're talking to Rusty West, and you're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services out of Clements, Maryland. HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Our guest today, Rusty West. And once again, here's Mike Wallace. Rusty, as uh, you know, and the experiences we had, and Jeff, that you're aware of, I've just been trying to set the stage a little bit of who Rusty is, what he's done, because, man, he's instrumental in my life of the racing we've done. And not only at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, we also did Daytona, we did Road America, and we did the VW street course at midnight in a Ranger. <laughs> so we'll get By to that. By accident? Uh, we, it, we, it was an accident, but it wasn't mean to be. So... Rusty, I, I, you know, sincerely want to thank you uh, in this world audience for being involved with me and uh, in my return to Xfinity Series racing. And let's kind of set the stage. I mean, we, we, everybody knows that we talked, we got together, we decided to do the Indianapolis Motor Speedway event. And I'm going to leave it right there and you take it from there because it, you know, that's when the pandemic hit. And, um, uh, I told Jeff earlier, I said, this is a fine, fine man. He could have backed out of our sponsorship any time. Well, you, but, guys, uh, you guys certainly had big plans. Yeah. And unfortunately, the pandemic uh, so, shut everything down. So a lot of activation was, you just take it, Rusty, and I'm going to chime in with you. All right. So, uh, you know, having the opportunity to, to work with you um, was really cool for me. I've always been a fan, um, you know, known you know, kind of of your family forever. I didn't know anything about it personally, but obviously you guys are are, are pretty famous and iconic in the you know racing world. So it's cool I to told be able you, to. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> he hey, is listen, famous. Really funny, just like you asked. Me. Yep. So, <laughs> but you know, it was it was really fun to be able to do that. And um, you know, when we first got involved with it, we were like, hey man, this might be pretty cool. And then there was a couple of charities that I was pretty excited about that. Uh, that we got involved and, and did it to raise money for the for the charities as well. So that was really cool. And then I think probably the most fun for me, um, uh, at least in the planning stages, was the design of the wrap of the car. Right? You know, when we you talked about a few minutes ago about uh, you know your brother's name's Rusty, young Rusty. Your brother's name's Russell. Um, I'm Russell also, and your dad was Russell, and my dad was Russell. So there's so many parallels. We're like, all right, well, let's put our dad's pictures on the side of the car. And, uh, and then let's put some stuff on the, uh, you know, for the charities on the trunk and then do a beautiful patriotic American flag theme with our logo and stuff on it because it was 4th of July weekend. And that part was just super cool. 
and uh, and I know we were all excited because it was supposed to be the first race where there was going to be you know butts in the seats, and uh, and everybody was you know really looking forward to that. I remember your daughter Lindsay, who's a rock star by the way, um, <laughs> calling me and telling me I got uh, I got bad news and I got worse news. Which one do you want first? And I'm like, does it really matter? And she says, well, she says, there's, um, there's not going to be any fans in the, um, in the stands. And I'm like, okay. And then I said, what's, is that the bad news or the worst news? And she says, that's the bad news. I said, what's the worst news? The worst news, you're not going to be allowed in either. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's wonderful. Right. And I took a, a tiny bit of a pause, right. Cause I know she hated making that call. And I said, take a breath. It's okay. We're still going racing. Just, can't just, lose. just that you know, when you have a call that you don't want to make, yeah. and the person you're calling likes your daughter, she's a nice person, you have your daughter call. <laughs> okay. You didn't want to do it. Yeah. I'll have my yeah. girl call your girl. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So Lindsay called, you know, we have this conversation. I'm like, take, take a breath for a second. I said, we're still going racing. I said, you know, um, let's start with why. And I'm a, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. He did this symposium on you start with why you do what you do and then how it is you do what you do and, and all that kind of stuff and then what it is you actually do. And, and our why on this particular venture was to raise um, awareness and, and money for um, first responders and uh, military, right? Um, and, and those who are in need and fallen soldiers and all the, you know, all the trauma that goes along with the families and stuff that we wanted to really make a difference in a lot of people's lives, which we did. So, so we're like, all right, you know what? It, it is what it is. We're going to do the best we can. Right. So, uh, so then Mike, Mike comes up with this, Hey, Rusty's going to be in inside Indianapolis motor speedway because he now is working for Mike Wallace racing and he's going to be a spotter. <laughs> <laughs> all right right on you know i've I'll, I'll figure it out and uh mike and i are completely different when we're in race cars I mean, he's obviously faster than i am unless he's in a go-kart but um, hey now that's that dig number three I man i'm just uh, getting abused and beat up like horrible here right? <laughs> but you know when i'm in a car um i don't like to hear anybody in my ear unless i'm coming down the front straight away or there's something really bad that's happened and I just need to know about it. Other than that, stay off the radio, right? And then Mike, you know, is like, tell me everything that's going on every turn or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, okay. And he's got three or four spotters around the track. And we're all, as soon as I can't see him, you know, his Matt would pick him up. Or and as soon as Matt couldn't see him, somebody else would pick him up. And, uh, and uh, it was, it was an amazing experience to see how different we were in that regard. But, uh, but, you know, the whole experience was fantastic. You know, even though we didn't have fans in the stands, we, I think, forged a really great friendship, uh, and we accomplished a lot of things. And uh, not the least was which uh, get, getting Mike back in a race seat and letting him go uh, be patriotic for us. So it was fantastic. Yeah, what, what a great experience it was, Jeff, because as we bonded this relationship, and, and when I made the comment earlier that we had all these, you know, me, uh, meetings and text messages. This was a this was going to be a just an incredibly orchestrated race from the activation side of it. 
Rusty's got a, a guy by the name of Karsten works for him. And Karsten and I would talk all the time, and he's from where somewhere in Europe or something. He's got a little bit of an accent, Denmark mm -hmm. or something. And but he's real cool about it, real precise in his words. And now he goes, "Look, we're we're going to make this race a big deal." And we get to talking about different things, NBC, the stuff we've done. I told him I did the inaugural NBC race at Homestead, and he goes, "Okay, I'm going to take it from there." <laughs> he says, "We're going to get them to do a vignette, right? How's yeah. that said? A vignette. Vignette." And I didn't have any idea. I thought it was something we eat, you know. And and it's like, what's a what's a vignette? And he goes, it's a it's like a little commercial, and we'll get them to run it for nothing. And I went, yeah, right. I says, look, I think we got, I think people respect us, but I doubt that you're going to get NBC to get get this done. He said, I'll tell you what, we'll schedule the photo shoot, we'll schedule the video, and I'm going to get it done. I says, yeah, well, I'll believe when I see. He goes. That's how I roll, and I still remember. I that I every time I see him, I it, we were together in Vegas six months ago, a year ago, whatever it's been. And he goes, walks up to me, he goes, "That's how I roll," and I went, "That's it." I mean, so it was so much fun for me. Uh, you know, we kind of jumped forward, but we we did a video. They played it before the race. You know, my return to racing had on not, NBC. On NBC. Wow. You know, nice. and it, it was like a 90 second piece, which some people say it's only 90 seconds. That's a lot of tele television time, Damn you right. know, on that. And uh, God, it was just fun. All the things leading up to it, as Rusty said, you know, he had a company called Global Watch, Walk International and uh, America Salute You, some charities that he wanted to do. But when, when he used the word, I did that last week. There's a big spring on my thing here and you hit it and it makes a noise. <laughs> but... Uh, Thanks for the play-by-play -play on that. <laughs> yeah, well, did that. <laughs> what, what's that one guy who used to play the baseball game? That oh god, he was whatever. Bob Euchre. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do. Yep. Sitting down in the front row. Yes. Now you got me confused <laughs> on what I was saying. <laughs> well, the guy got your vignette played, so he's a hell of a marketing guy. That's Carson. Yeah, but I, I think I was just trying to talk about how you know. As much as we're introducing Rusty to the world and Market Scan to the world, that these guys help me. And as Kenny Schrader told me once, when you have the microphone and other people don't, it's your show. That's right. Right? So we both have one, so it's our show. This is our bully and, pulpit. And we get to tell people about great things. <laughs> so the uh, the relationship of getting that race team going and running Indianapolis and – doing all those cool things when all the fans were in the grandstands, but we still did it. And uh, one thing Rusty isn't mentioned, because I that whole memory is so cool, when he was talking about those charities that he wanted to support, and one of them was a big walk across the country, uh, a Marine had was going to walk yeah. across. He didn't just say, oh, we're going to do that. He went out and bought a motorhome, wrapped it all, had it at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, had the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway out front. Wow. You know, making all these cool introductions. And it's like, that's how they roll. See, that's big. <laughs> that, but that's big. That's a great charity, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so, you know, when you, when you introduce that to the folks at Indianapolis or the folks at NBC or whatever, you know, it gives them – an incentive to play your vignette or get involved with your charity because everybody loves charities related to America and yeah, and know. we had a badass looking car. I, I think the the car design was great. We we had a decent day at the racetrack, but one of the things I'm not real proud of that weekend. Everything else, you know, we worked hard and everything was fun, and we 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 went out to dinner. We had the racetrack. 
but the race was over, right? So it was a hot day. Right. I think it was a hot day. Right. And I realized that I hadn't been in a race car for a while. But I thought I was physically up to everything, and I was feeling good. Now, now you, you got to picture this. This is not the first impression you want to make on a, 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 new, a new friend or a partner or a sponsor or anything like that. So we run the race, and I work my way back to the motorhome because, man, I'm wore out. I'm hot as can be, and I don't think anybody's coming in the motorhome. So I get I take all my clothes off except my underwear and I'm like I'm laying on a tile floor and I got a fan blowing. All right, I got the visual. You're right. I'm laying and not I'm not I don't have a real sexy body, but you know, used I was gonna to. Say, it's gonna take me a while to burn that vision out of my yeah. brain. But I'm laying I'm laying there and I'm appreciating everything that's going on and I the door and I don't really pay attention, but the door swings open, I look up, I open my eyes. And here's my new best friend, Rusty West, staring down at me, laying in my underwear on a damn tile floor. And he goes, well, this is unique or something like that. There's my driver. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> so. Yeah. I just started throwing ones at him, making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, there's more to that story. A little bit of it's my fault. Um, I am... Um, drink a lot of water when I race. And uh, so I, I used to always kind of um, fabricate these drink bottle systems and we'd use a, literally use a windshield washer pump from Pepboys or AutoZone or whatever, and, you know, put a button on the steering wheel and I had these, you know, thermoses and these, you know, whatever dry brake connectors and stuff for it. And I send Mike this whole kit, right? It was one of them that was just like what I've been running for years and years and years, which by the way, I found a, a company that does them professionally. They're amazing. But <laughs> <clears throat> so, I sent him this thing. He sends me pictures of what he did. I was like, okay, let's not hide. I do it, but it looks great. looks like it worked. And that thing worked for about 15 minutes. And then he's in the car, and it's really hot out there. And he's working his butt off. Um, and he's got no water, no nothing. And he comes in with fuel and, you know, and tires. They're, you know, he's cramming and pounding as much water as he can. And he goes back out there. And, and I know when he got out of that car, because it was a long race, he was wiped out and I was looking for him trying to figure out where he was, you know, what we were doing and all that kind of stuff. And then by this point we'd become pretty good buddies, you know? So I was a little bit concerned because I was hot and tired and all I was doing was standing on the side of the road, yelling at him every single you know, lap. <laughs> Can't you let that thing go faster? <laughs> he's there just laying like, you know, I thought he was dead and <laughs> he's laying on the tile floor in this RV in his underwear. And I grabbed, I think we had these little market scan something or whatever and i just laid it over him i'm like there you go you oh print no what that was this is for, because talked about total activation everything in it was right. when they had the mask mandate so oh, that's right we had the masks mar face had market masks, scan masks market scan masks <laughs> nice so where do you think the market one of the market scan masks ends up at while i'm laying on the floor of my underwear i could guess yep it guessed so it was it was all in great fun somewhere in the southern region yeah 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 <laughs> So so now you got a picture. This is everything's went the way it's supposed to. Uh, the big thing about all this, rusting, you know, again, never backed out of coming to races and doing things. But now the highlight is is we're gonna go that night. It was all all scheduled, big event, different media people there, different charities, the local police departments, sheriff department, everything. We're at Sarah Fisher's go-kart track. 
right up there on Gasoline Alley, just right outside the racetrack. It's a two-story, really cool go-kart track. Now, this is where the stuff gets real. Which is a great opportunity for us to leave them wanting more. Okay. We'll come back with the go-kart story. We're talking to co-founder of Market Scan, Rusty West, and you're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the SpeedSport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. When we left you, uh, Mike Wallace was laying in a motorhome in his underwear after having run the Xfinity race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. To say he was worn out. Would probably be an understatement. Hey, Rusty, Rusty West on the line with us. Was, were there a little uh, like Ninja Turtle patterns on his underwear or anything? Or um, <laughs> no, he had a he had a picture of me on it. I'm not sure what that was. That's my boss. I, <laughs> I didn't ask. I didn't ask for him as a souvenir. I figured I just let him hold on to them. You guys are sick, sick, sick. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Very much, right? So <laughs> so we were getting ready to go go-kart race. Yeah, so yeah. we're at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We get regrouped, and Rusty uh, is staying downtown at the 38th floor of the penthouse at the Ritz-Carlton or something. Nice. He says, I'm going to change clothes. We'll be back. I'll meet you at the go-kart track. Because the go-kart track wasn't just something we did on a spur of the moment. It was part of the activation when we knew all the fans couldn't come to the racetrack. They said, we got to do something more. Carson, you know— that's how we roll. We got to do, got to make it a big event. Which I mean, it's so wonderful to have a, a sponsor and a partner that makes things happen. So we get to the go kart track and we get to the outside of go kart track and the local police departments there with the sheriff and just like it's a big damn deal. I mean, there's people everywhere and it's like, what's going on? They go, your go kart race. It's all over the news. You guys are go kart racing tonight. Oh, that's cool. I went. Oh, so Carson wow. got you on TV? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's just like, I mean, he, he he rolls big time, man. I'm telling you. And uh, so we had had a great, great attendance. We went up and we did a little dinner. And, you know, they got, this is a pretty fancy go-kart track. It's got conference rooms and you can put events on. And we had media people there. And by talk, the charities talked about what they did. We got some nice, you know, press there in the indianapolis area and that Absolutely. about it. that then stupidity kicked in we did all well, the, all the greatest stuff it was all beautiful then we decided we were going to go-kart race damn right well let me <laughs> let me explain something to you you get racers together of any take everybody's going to be the best right. right so we were talking about Lindsay, my daughter earlier she's did there she race she matt's there he's racing absolutely the police off police chiefs racing the state troopers racing multitude of people i'm racing and of course the man rusty west is racing right well and, and my kids they always did yeah. oh yeah, that, yeah yep everybody's hey, special shout out to arby she's 21 today oh, oh nice 20, yeah. 21 oh my god She's a uh, yeah. she's a mother now too. She's got this beautiful little baby. That's yeah. yeah. And the the guy that's on the other end here was telling me how tough he was going to be, and he you know the baby stuff didn't mean nothing to him. Every yeah. picture I see, he's all wrapped up with Melted her. Melted grandpa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
Next thing you know, I'll be laying on a motorhome in my underwear. So. <laughs> all, right. all right, so I've that's s- already been done. <laughs> <laughs> I've set the stage for the go karts. Now you take it from there. All right, so I'm gonna back up a little bit because it was pouring rain. We had the uh, Global Walk RV that we had bought to do the walk all the way across the country, and it was parked out front. There was people everywhere, right? And and we go in. Mike does this great event. Um, and the, you know, there's good food and there's just, I mean, he did like this award ceremony, he gave people, uh, you know, presents really, you know, the one thing that I was super, I, I don't, I, I hope this doesn't sound condescending, but I was super proud of him. I, and it just, he, he's very gracious and really gives a tremendous amount of credit to everyone who makes things happen. And I was sitting there watching that. I was like, God, oh, I'm really proud to be a part of this team. Right. It was fun. So, uh, so what you don't know, Mike, and I don't know that I ever fessed up to this until this call. But we rented that go-kart track the day before so we could learn the track because I don't want to get outrun. So, oh, no. no this, oh, yeah. That is so, awesome. Yeah, so my daughter my son <laughs> spent half the day there beating ourselves up getting quick on the track. You right? got who, so, dude? Jeff, can, can you believe this? Oh, That's my great. gosh. Okay. I mean, you, ask, you ask Mike, if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win hard enough. Right? <laughs> So, uh, so we go, and I don't know how many races we ran, but a whole bunch. And uh, I think that the grand tally was about a tie. You know, if, if Mike had a, if Mike and I had the same car, it was a great race. But I think he probably edged me out. But the carts were all different, you know. So every once in a while, I'd get one that was quicker than him, and then every once in a while, he'd get one that was quicker than than me, and he'd walk away from us. And Matt was darn near impossible to catch. But the last race we had, Mike had a horrible car. Right or cart, and it was fantastic because all of us outran him. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, that's the only one that counts, right? We look at the timing, like where is uh, Mike Wallace? Oh yeah, he's way down there on the list, right? So, but it was a it was a lot of fun. So we had a ball. Yeah, so we 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 had an incredible time there, and then. Going on, what are you laughing about, Jeff? I'm still, I'm still because he rented the track and went out there the day before. That's great. He, he, he said <laughs> he's always told me he's in it to win. Well, Whatever yeah. he does, he's in it to win. Hey, guess what? He won. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so all that being said, we had a great Indianapolis. That's how we got involved with each other. His company is incredible. But it doesn't stop there. Now, we, you know, I wanted to go back and race one time at least. And then we, we had didn't do any damage to that car. There was substantial anyway. And uh, Daytona is coming up. And that was the road course. That's the road course. That was the inaugural event. So you could run the same car, right? Exact same car there. Yeah. So it was uh, called Rusty back or Mark called, Rusty called. We all got back together and it's like, hey, you know, I'd, I really like to and if I'm telling the story a little wrong, it's it's my story, so it's okay. You know, <laughs> your story, your show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he agrees that hey, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's go. He says, but you know, I don't I don't quite want to spend what I spent going to Indianapolis, but I want to be involved. So uh, Matt's sponsor, Pat Pendleton, with the Unkers brand, says, hey, uh, you know, everybody's knowing about what we're doing because hey, we had a vignette for a minute and a half on NBC. <laughs> That's right? big. Yeah. No, I mean everybody knows. It's not. There was guys that nobody knew was in that race, but everybody knew Mike Wallace and Market Scan the were vignette. in that race. Yeah, so it was it was a big deal. So we end up going to Daytona. And Rusty's name's on the car again. We run the inaugural 
road race at Daytona, but he doesn't want to show up because they don't have a go kart track down there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Surely they do, though. You know, right? There, there ought to be a Volusia County go kart track. There's got to be one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I. So, but I. The moral of as I keep talking here, folks, is that I'm very indebted to Rusty West, and he's a cool dude. His company is great, but I'm going to keep telling the story because we got a couple stories that are still better than this. You know, it's, you know, how you you get away from the racetrack, you you become really you know close friends, and then then there's something that calls liquor gets involved. Oh no! (laughs) Well, we haven't even gotten to the liquor yet. Don't don't forget Road America, right? (laughs) Say that again. Don't forget Road America, right? So so. So, so we ran road or you ran road America also, and I couldn't go, which I was really bummed because that is my favorite track on the planet. I, I've had great results there, and there's the oldest race team bar in the country is the Seepkins Inn or the Seepkins Bar um, in at Road America Elkhart Lake, right? And they did a feature are, on that uh, that when they raced at Road America just uh, what a month or so ago, they, the the yep. network did a feature on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a super cool place, right? So if you get anything on the wall or the ceiling there, it's there forever. There's literally, there's Andretti Brothers racing stickers there from when Aldo um, was still alive and Aldo and Mario were racing together and then all that stuff. So we were there in, I think, 05 or 06 and we were racing a Ferrari. And uh, one of the guys on our crew was an older guy and he was an ex-stuntman. And uh, the other thing that's interesting about Seepkins is they sell more Jägermeister than any bar in the world, right? Which is not a great thing, but yeah. it was very effective, right? So I don't drink anything seven days before I drive a race car, but after I get out of the car, I got like 10 days of drinking to make up. For All so, bets you know, are off. <laughs> right? So we're at, we're at Seepkins. We're drinking way too much, and we've got Market Scan team shirts and all that stuff. Like, we need to put a shirt on the ceiling. And you look up, and there's not any places on the ceiling. There's shirts that have been on the ceiling in that place for 40, 50 years. And the lady's like, no way. Nobody gets to put a shirt up there. And I'm like, all right. I said, you see that fat old bald guy? And she goes, yeah. I said, if you can do a split on your bar, can I put my shirt up on your ceiling? And she says, hell yeah. I said, Frankie, do a split on the bar. Frankie jumps up, does a split on the bar. to goes, oh, my God. I can't believe that just happened, right? So we get, you know, we put the ladder out. We put the market scan shirt up on the bar. And then... Fast forward, I don't know what, uh, 12 or 10 years, whatever it is, 12 years, something like that. And then uh, Mike Wallace um, goes and races uh, Road America uh, in the you know in the car with the market scan livery and all that stuff. And, uh, and they've got all the market scan team shirts. And then he sends me a picture from the Seepkins ceiling, right? There's two market scan shirts on the ceiling, one right next to the other. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, I hope Mike didn't do a split on the bar to get that. <laughs> you know, you never know what you got to do for things like that. But that is a cool place. I never knew anything about it. Rusty goes, oh, you yeah. have, have to go there. Tells me exactly. I, and I, I realize where it's at. And uh, check the ceiling out, he said. And, oh, God. Did you have a shot of Jaeger? We had a shot of everything. <laughs> it, it, was just, it, it was just Matt and I. But we uh, then we found a lot of friends there. And, uh it was one of those deals. We were like at Cheers in, in Wisconsin, you know. Next I mean, thing you know, you spend ten thousand dollars. Was on Rusty's credit card. So you know, bother that, me. That place, that place is kind of like you know, um, uh, it's like Laguna Seca, but for big road courses, right? I mean, it, it literally it's hallowed ground. It's so steeped in tradition. 
all of the greats have raced there. And, uh, you know, get, having the opportunity to go around that track, even in a street car is pretty special, but doing it at speed and something, something fun is, uh, it's one of those experiences that, man, if you get, if you get to do it, you got to take advantage of it. That place is fantastic. Road America, Jeff, picture this coming off. I don't know what is it, rusty turn 11, 12. I don't know what they call it. Coming to the main straight straightaway. Right. Yeah. So, so if you ever visualize laying back like in a, a spaceship to take off, mm-hmm. it's the same similarity it gives you as you come off the corner. Is it kind of up then the it hill? goes way uphill. Yeah. And as you're like three quarters away uphill, literally you're looking at the sky. Like that's all you drop off. That, that's just <laughs> bam. There's the sky. And then all of a sudden you roll over the top. Hmm. And the start finish lines, you know, a little ways up there, but it's got to be kind of unnerving, especially if there's somebody in front of you, right? Oh. Well, yeah. So you, you, you know, you just you, you go up. The, there's a couple of blind places on that track. I love blind, blind hills on tracks. That's what makes you really feel alive, right? And that's why I like road racing so much. But, uh, but you know, you come up over that hill and you're just hoping that the track didn't change since the last time you were there. Right. And the biggest, <laughs> the biggest twist is that somebody's, uh, you know, somebody's dead in the the middle of the track, right? You come up over that hill. But yeah. Road America three places on it. It's super fast in three places in a in a in a really well prepped GP car. You're clipping the rev limiter in in top gear, like blip blip blip, just a couple of times before the braking zone, three times on the track. And you know, one of them is when you're coming into Canada Corner and you're going in there sixth gear with your hair on fire, and you know you get a good downforce car, you grenade the brake pedal, you you downshift four times you look up the hill you turn right stab the gas and then off you go up and all you're staring at is blue until the world falls out from under you and then you get a right hand turn and boom you're off to the straightaway it's and that place is spectacular that was the best description i've heard it's pretty cool i felt like i was on a roller coaster right there but everything he's saying is so cool (laughs) you know you get talking about it and that's the fun part about a guy being involved with a person that's raced at racetracks that you've raced at that's like the comparison of it you know and those blind hills, blind corners. Uh, we we're talking about the front straightaway there. I remember during the restarts there. You're, you're, you know, the leader. If the guy's leading, and you got 38 cars, it's stretched out pretty far. Well, mm-hmm. it's green, green, green. You're hauling ass up the hill, still because you're in line, shifting gears, praying to God that nobody's crashed or stopped up there on the top. And there, there was yeah. one instant where they're literally turned sideways, and it's like, wow, this is a big yeah. deal. But yeah. That yeah. was crazy. Yeah. So that, that that was Road America. Then we got some other fun things that we're going to come back and talk about. Got to. We're talking to Rusty West, and you're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the SpeedSport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance and repair, Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Mike, one more vignette with Rusty West. <laughs> well, th- this vignette is very good. This is like the coolest part of everything. And I'm So I am uh, one night. Now, you got to understand everybody this is just a this is a few months later uh three four months later i'm in charlotte where i live concord north carolina area my phone rings and it's you know it says rusty west on it and this is about nine o'clock eight o'clock nine o'clock at night he goes hey mike i go hey rusty what's going on he goes hey last minute deal or 
kind of didn't call you, but I'm I'm driving from Charlotte to Raleigh, and I'd like to stop by and see you. You know, I'm, he's, his son Devin was going to check in Raleigh out as a school or something like that. Right. Said drive and correct me at any time I'm saying this wrong, Rusty. So now you. I said, uh, well, that, that's good. I says uh, I'm over at my buddy Doug Herbert's, and we're kind of we've been having a drink or two. And he goes, oh, I can stop by there <laughs> or something no, like. That, hey, hey, hey. No, you said I'm at Doug. <laughs> You want to come by here? I'm like, no, no, I don't want to crash your party. And you said, Doug, the crazy guy I was telling you about, he's like five minutes from here. Can I bring him by? Well, that's close and, to uh, the same as what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you take it from there. I want to hear your your no, version no, no. of it. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so I, I'll tell part of you. Tell part of it, right? Okay. So. So Mike says, you, you got to come on by. I said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I, said, I don't want to crash your parties. No, no, no. You got to come by. You'll love this guy. You know, he's great. He's the first guy to do 300 miles an hour and a quarter mile. He's, he's nuts. He's like us. We'll get along. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> so, so he, he, he texts me the address. I drive over there and um, literally walked in. I mean, you know, three minutes in, Doug and his wife and their friends and, and, and Mike's there. And it's like we'd all known each other for 30 years. It was crazy. So, uh, so then Mike, or, or Doug feeds me because I didn't eat anything. I've been on an airplane all day. And, um, and we have a few drinks. And then Mike says, let's go see Lindsay. And I will get at this time. It's like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Right. And I'm like, Mike, it's like, it's, it's late. And he goes, no, no, she, she, she's up or, or she'll get up for us. It's, it's no big deal. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, hold on. So he calls, Hey, Rusty's here. She's like, bring him. Great. So we drive up to this T9C house that's, I don't know, 15,000 square feet or something, right? Uh, Mike's, Mike's son-in-law is a wonderful guy. He's a gigantic farmer, and he and his brothers own the largest um, 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 greenhouse uh, in the world, right? It's, it's yeah, that, a baby's, hundred acres. that baby's called Metrolina Greenhouse. It certainly is. Metrolina yep. Greenhouse. Yep. And, and, and it's an amazing facility. If you ever get a chance to, to get a tour there, the science and stuff, they, these guys are brilliant. But, but Thomas is this massive guy, only probably 6'5", 6'6", 300 pounds. He's just fit. He's just this giant guy. Always got a big smile on his face. So I had never met him, um, but I had met Lindsay, obviously, to the whole thing. So we show up at this house, and we walk in, and, and Lindsay's, you want something to drink? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> what do you want? Is it vodka? And she goes, yeah. So she grabs, like, this 32-ounce tumbler and fills it full of ice. And takes a handle of Grey Goose and bloop, 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 and fills it up, right? I mean, like, fills it up, fills it up. And I'm like, she's trying to kill me? And she goes, I don't want to put any drinks all night. This should take care of it. <laughs> so, so Mike has a few drinks. And then you talk Thomas into giving us a tour of the property at 1 in the morning. You, you take it from there. Yeah. So 1 in the morning. And uh, what we didn't say about Thomas, he had already started drinking with some buddies at his house at the same time we were over at Doug. So it was, Oh, it's a full blown party. Yeah. It's a, it, it's a fun <laughs> alcohol induced, really good time. And we're having great, but we're on a bunch of property. And so we get on this Ranger and it's a nice one. It's got a cab on it and, you know, we got the air on or the heat, whatever we needed at time. And what you find out as you're drinking, I know Jeff, you wouldn't know anything about this, but right. yeah, I don't, I don't drink much. <laughs> anymore <laughs> but uh, or any less yeah 
so we take off down through these trails. Now, there's a, this 130-acre property. You know, it's got trails all cut through it. And the more we drink, the faster we're going. Oh, my. Yeah. And it's, and it's raining. Yeah, raining, sloppy, you know what I mean? But we're, we got major talent. We got Thomas drove a race car back in the day. So we got three racers in this thing. We're, we're, mm. we're fine. Yeah, come on. You go on out here. We're just laughing, giggling, having a damn good old time. And I decided I was going to throttle that baby up through the woods. And we, all of a sudden we come up the hill, down the hill, except there's a damn tree jumped out in front of us. Uh, now it wasn't a big uh, tree, but it was a, a big tree. <laughs> big enough so that the vehicle came to so, a stop. So, what Mike did now is that it was a right-hand turn, and his whole life he's been turning left. So, he just <laughs> <laughs> so picture that. I'm driving. Rusty West is sitting to my right in the front seat. Thomas is in the back, and he's he's feeling no pain. He's already kind of leaned up over the seat, you know, <laughs> watching what's going on. You know how you do that as a kid? You're in the middle and hanging over. and Absolutely. Well, as Rusty said, it was a right-hand turn, and I'm used to going left or left going right. Well, when we all realized the tree was there, I'm on the brakes. I'm sliding, and I'm trying to turn, and bam. Mm. We hit that damn tree, and it's like, oh yeah, I got uh, six, I got six foot seven farmer ass over tea kettle upside down in my lap. Oh no! Shattered <laughs> the windshield with my head, yeah. and I'm bleeding. Right? Yes. Yeah, so and we... Mike, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, is everything all right? Are you okay? Are you all right? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. Like, What's the matter? What's the matter? I said, you made me spill my drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. But what had happened, his head had went up and hit the windshield. Oh, my God. And he broke the damn windshield in the Ranger. Right. And he's one to now. Now we're everybody's okay now, but we're he's got blood Except running for a down. Minor his, concussion. Yeah, he blood running down his head. <laughs> and it's like, damn. Rusty, you broke the windshield. <laughs> so, fast forward, we get back. You know, we we don't stop. We just go riding some more. You know, and uh, now he's got to be gone by like seven or eight in the morning. You know, and he was gonna stop. I said, "Well, just come." You know, I think we said this earlier in the night. So just spend the night at my house. Right. So we leave Lindsay and Thomas's, and I do not. We'll just say we got from Lindsay and Thomas's to our house perfectly. Gotcha. Uber. And Let's we say walk, Uber. We Uber Uber to the front Braille. door. <laughs> Brailed Uber. We got to the front door, and I said, and I think this is what I said because I was, it's like, Rusty, there's a bedroom upstairs. I'm going to bed. And no. Like, that's no. not exactly that's all how it went. Okay, tell you, <laughs> you, you took me for a tour of the house. I went in the basement. I saw the trophy wall. I saw the whole nine yards. And then about a third of the way through, a story about you getting a trophy somewhere was like, all right, that's it. I got to call tonight. You can sleep up there. I'm like, great. So Mike, Mike was gracious enough to let me go up to the room in time to get a shower and get in the car and go, go drive to Raleigh. <laughs> yeah. That so, was a miserable drive. Yeah. Oh, I'll bet. I would imagine hey, it was a miserable window? day. So, so, oh, so now you got to, here's the fun part about it. So the windshield, 
It's a total replacement modular deal. It's got the gaskets, everything. So Thomas gets a new windshield for it. Take the old windshield out and took it up and laid it in a dumpster. It didn't, and then all of a sudden we go, no, no, we cannot do that. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't damage anymore. Went and picked the dumpster, the windshield up out of the dumpster, took it down, and we made a bracket on the tree that we hit. Oh, nice. And, and so that's Rusty West Way down there now. <laughs> Is that <right>? That's <laughs> awesome. Bloody <laughs> hollow. Yeah. So we've had some great times together. We had fun. We've had an entrepreneur businessman that said that is highly in automotive business. One of the things that made me want to do this show, other than just this relationship, a few about a month ago, I watched Rusty on a. Um, I don't know what you call it. Is uh, let's just say another podcast. And Rusty, correct me on the name. You do a, a lot for or, or a guest on. Is it CBT or car business? Yeah, CBT. So, so CBT, business. He, he's on the show, and I'm listening to him talk, and I'm going, "Damn, he he is a smart guy." <laughs> and uh, but he was talking about you know how we talk about how things change and old things here and there. We, he, he was talking about electric vehicles, right? And how you know we, we have a a world right now that we're hung up on whatever. And I thought, man, that would be interesting just to let people hear this again. So, I don't know if you remember your conversation with those folks or not. Sure. But oh yeah. Tell I was telling Jeff earlier when before we started about the charging stations, all that. Tell us a little bit about your opinion of the the so called EV world we're moving into or supposed to move into. So I think that there's a gigantic disconnect between what the government wants to happen and what can actually happen in the time frame that they want it to happen, right? You know, in Southern California, <clears throat> we get Southern California Edison's a train wreck. They don't they don't invest in cleaning up all the underbrush and stuff that's uh, you know under all these power lines. Um, so anytime the wind blows and we get the Santa Ana winds, anytime we have a lot of winds, they kill the power because they're afraid that sparks will create, cause these giant fires, right? Uh, every time we turn around, we don't have power. Um, and then we've got all these issues with the grid where the grid can't generate or, or deliver enough power. Um, anyway, they're just, it, there's too much of a draw on it, right? So we get these, you know, bulletins when it's hot, which who knew in Southern California gets hot, um, <clears throat> that, hey, you know, you know, bump your thermostat up to an uncomfortably high temperature um, avoid doing this, avoid doing that. Don't run these power, you know, electrical appliances and don't charge your electric car. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. We're going to buy them, but we can't charge them. <laughs> and then we, then I started thinking, all right, you know, there's, there are apartment complexes and condominium complexes everywhere in California and high rises with thousands of tenants. In them. I started wondering, I wonder how these guys charge their cars, right? They get electric cars. And uh, so started looking, okay, what's the population of the United States that lives in apartments? And it's like 20%. And then I looked at what's the population of the millennials that live in apartments? And it's over 50%. And it's the same group that is uh, consuming mostly electric vehicles, right? So millennials are next generation a little bit up. So all these people live in apartments. They don't want to live anywhere else. They don't want a mortgage. They don't want the responsibilities, all that stuff. They just want an apartment. No place to charge them, right? Edison installed, I don't remember what the exact number was, but like 2,400 charging stations and 180 um, uh, 
apartment complexes, right? Which is like 16 or 17 charging stations per complex. These complexes have thousands of people in it. And they did it over a period of like six years, right? You guys, you guys are, you're installing, but <laughs> one every four months, right? You're killing it. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's this whole huge mess, right? It, you know, who knows how this whole thing's going to shake out, but, uh, you know, I think there's some amazing, uh, advances in, uh, electrical vehicles. I think Elon Musk is maybe one of the most intelligent people to ever, ever grace our planet. I mean, you look at what he does with, with launching rockets and putting satellites in the space and uh, Starlink internet and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's done a great job advancing battery technology, uh, which was one of the main reasons for doing the cars in the first place, but we're not there, you know, just because you have an electric vehicle doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the ability to charge it and they take a long time to charge, you know? So until they figure that part out, it's going to be, um, it's not going to get the type of adoption that the government wants and all these mandates that everything's going to be electric in 10 or 12 years. Uh, the, that's going to be a very, very difficult uh, goal to achieve, right? There's a whole lot of stuff that's going to have to come together perfectly and align perfectly to make that happen. And, you know, my opinion, I, I, we're not going to get there in a dozen. We'll certainly not. Certainly not in 10 years. Right. <clears throat> and my analogy is I, I told Mike earlier, my analogy is, yeah, we were supposed to be on the metric system, you know, in 10 years. They told us, what, 20, 30 years ago? <laughs> oh, yeah. 10 years. We're going to be on the metric system. Bull. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, what? You know, and you also look and you think, you know, there's literally trillions of dollars invested in um, petroleum industry. Right. Um, and you think about it, I mean, everything that we have that's plastic, everything that powers our cars, everything that, uh, you know, all the different stuff, a lot of it runs off of, you know, this whole petroleum and petroleum byproducts. And that um, infrastructure in those companies aren't going to just say, hey, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's let's not sell, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars worth of fuel a year because we can all go electric. You know, there's, you know, there's going to be anarchy between organizations and, you know, and then you get all the politics and the government, which you know never really helps get anything across the finish line in a proper manner. So That's it's, correct. Well, you set it up. You set it up at the beginning, saying that oh wait, there's a disconnect between the government and 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 the rest of America. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so long story short, Rusty's really smart in the automotive industry. Right. Knows what's really going on there. One hell of a race car driver. One heck of a windshield bouncer, <laughs> and a really great guy, and so can hold his liquor and beat you in a go kart. So there you go. This is yeah, what yeah. We've but learned. we found out he rented the go kart track the day before. Doesn't which matter. We didn't know it doesn't matter. Yeah, Rusty West, I uh, I so much appreciate you joining us today. Hopefully, we can get back together and talk about some other things and ongoing deals. But I want to take that opportunity to thank you, let the world know who you are, and uh, get that insight of, uh, you know, this whole electric world that everybody thinks it's uh, going to happen. I'm a little confused by it. So uh, there you I, go. I thought it was good. All right, Rusty, thank hey, you. Oh, thank, thank you, listen. It's always fun catching up with you, Mike. And, uh, uh, it, you know, it's really cool how what started off as a business opportunity turned into a really fun friendship that I, that I truly treasure. So. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm honored, and uh, I can't wait to see you in person here before too long. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. As they say, this vignette you've been listening to is called Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. We'll see you next week.